Pack Radio with Sir Blackston. Wrong Pack Radio, Sir Blackston. To give some quick thoughts and a mild review on WWE Crown Jewel, which took place this past Saturday, 12 noon Eastern time. So if you tuned in at 12 noon, after me saying that it's at 12 noon and it didn't play for you, you're probably not on Eastern time. Or if it were like already in the middle, as the, as it happened for the one guy, it, 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 you're definitely not on Eastern Standard Time. But none of that matters because the event is over. It's in the books. Today we're going to find out how was Crown Jewel. And also some of the aftermath of Crown Jewel. We'll be right back. Ron Pack Radio, I am Masir Blackston. You can call me Sir Blackston, but then when you write it on paper, it looks like Sir Blackston, so we're going to go with that. I am Sir Blackston, and Crown Jewel was a bit of a banger. I saw a lot of people who were down on it. I didn't have a problem with the pay-per-view. There was at least one really baffling ending, possibly two. But all in all, overall, I think it was a banger of a pay-per-view. I liked it. So first off, it, it took place in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and there was throughout the week, there were rumblings that things might happen in that area of the world. Very, very dangerous things might happen in that area of the world. And there was question at one point as to whether or not the WWE should even have the pay-per-view. Fortunately, it went off without a hitch. All of the talent crew, staff, everyone is back in the States, you know, so it's it's good for them that they were able to get out. It, it sucks that, you know, people in that region will still have to deal with this stuff even beyond Crown Jewel. And I think that's kind of the human piece of it that we need to take a look at. But, you know, the, the, the WWE crew is back. Uh, and that, you know, with that said, the pay-per-view kicked off with Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Now, Bobby Lashley, to kick the pay-per-view off, you know, they do their opening pyro, and I guess somewhere in the middle of that, Bobby Lashley is already standing on his platform. So he's out there. He does his full entrance. He comes out. Riyadh, just the, the stadium there is beautiful. All right, so Bobby's La- Bobby Lashley's entrance looks like it's fit for a king, as does Brock Lesnar's. He comes out, and he's attacked before he even gets to the ring, which is great. Bobby Lashley attacks him, spears him like three or four times, gets him back in the ring, goes for the pin. He kicks out. Brock kicks out. Brock hits him with the F5. Bobby kicks out. And these two go back and forth. And this was like a knockdown drag out. And to be be honest, Bobby Lashley pretty much beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar throughout the entire match. The match ended when Bobby puts on the hurt lock and Brock kicks in, you know, kicks Bobby down or whatever while he's still in the hurt lock and basically applies his body weight and pins Bobby Lashley. And in all honesty, I think that's the best way to do it because you don't want, you know, you can't have Brock just beat Lashley down and like just defeat him like that. And you can't have Lashley just beat Brock down and defeat him like that. This happened the best way possible. These two, uh, I get the sense that this is not the end of it, especially after what happened, you know, after the match. But I, you, you know there's going to be a part three, hopefully at WrestleMania, and, you know, not for nothing. Maybe you bring out that fight pit one more time. I think that would be dope for Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar to face off in the fight pit. That would actually be fire. But that match, I didn't have a problem with it. A lot of people had a, had an issue with the ending, you know, well, why would Bobby let himself get pinned like that? I mean, it, there was no way Bobby Lashley was going to win that match. And this is a best-case scenario as far as I'm concerned. Afterwards, Bobby beat down Brock Lesnar. He applied, I think he put him back in the hurt lock or something like that. He speared him or something like that. And yeah, so the, the feud continues. I, You know, hopefully it goes to WrestleMania. Hopefully one of these guys takes the other out. 
But really, what I'm really hoping for is that Bobby Lashley comes to a census. Come on. Come on, Bobby. Come on. Bobby Lashley reforms the Hurt Business, brings in Shelton Benjamin, brings in MVP, hell, brings in Omas, Cedric Alexander. The fo- Yo, so first off, we only got the Hurt Business with Bobby Lashley as the, as the world champion and Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander as the tag champions for, for such a short period of time. You're looking at the equivalent, championship-wise at that point, of the bloodline. Because the bloodline on SmackDown had the exact same championship triumvirate. So I'm guessing that you couldn't have the both of them. So the, the Hurt Business had to go. Which sucks because the Hurt Business was really good. I think that you can have these two factions on, on opposite, you know, on opposite channels, on opposite shows. And not have it, you know, a, a big issue. Especially since they like to do that WWE versus WWE thing at Survivor Series. So I don't know. I do hope that they reform the herd business. I also hope that they go to WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley in a fight pit. And be quite honest, I hope Bobby wins. Bobby's my guy. Full timer. Puts it puts in work week in, week out. Here for it. Probably does the house show circuit too. And he's not a spring chicken. All right. He's probably like a, a, a summer chicken or a fall chicken at this point. Okay. Bobby's been around for some time. He deserves it. Next up, the Women's Tag Team Championships, Alexa Bliss and Asuka, the champions, versus Dakota Kai and Io Sky. So uh, last Monday, Dakota Kai and Io Sky lost the Tag Team Championship to Alexa Bliss and Asuka. And during the course of this match, I was just thinking to myself, how dumb would it be for Dakota Kai and Io Sky to reclaim the championship after only losing them five days earlier? Well, that's exactly what happened. Towards the end of the match, Nikki Cross comes out. She gets involved. She beats down Alexa. She beats down Asuka. And it is worth mentioning that before the match, Alexa and Asuka were doing a pre-match interview. And Bray Wyatt's logo popped up. And the Riyadh crowd is, you know, there was a lot going on in the Riyadh crowd throughout the night. But I really liked the reaction, the the moment that Bray's logo popped up. Alexa sold it well. She looked over like, oh, my God. And the Riyadh crowd was like, oh, shucks, stuff is about to go down. So loved that moment. But, yeah, we can see that they're going to start something between Alexa and Bray, and I'm here for it. Uh, hopefully they can get it right this time. But, yeah, so Nikki comes out. She interferes. Dakota Kai pins, I believe, Alexa and matches over. New tag team champions who were the former tag team champions. So this makes these two the first women to win a championship in uh, Riyadh in Saudi Arabia at a crown jewel event, um, which is which is dope. Uh, and maybe that and maybe that's the reason that, you know, they did this this change here. So that way, you know, th- there could be something like that that they could tout. But I don't know. I don't know that it made any sense for them to drop them only to regain them five, day, five days later. I said tout. Wasn't that like a WWE app at one point? Wasn't that one of their products tout? Or am I tripping? The OC versus the Judgment Day. First off, people absolutely hate Dominic Mysterio everywhere the WWE goes. They hate this man. I don't know what it is about him. People, and maybe it's just their love for Ray, but they really, really hate Dominic Mysterio. And I'm, I'm really, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see it. I, and I, you know, from the, from the rip, I thought that Dominic had the potential to be this heel the moment that he was on screen the very first time. I'm talking as a youth. I always saw this in this kid. I knew he was going to be a dominant heel at some point, and these people hate his guts. 
But once again, uh, Rhea Ripley ended up being the difference maker, the equalizer, in the match. Rhea Ripley gets involved. Low blow, I believe. Uh, this is all going off of memory. Uh, Rhea Ripley gets involved, attacks one of the members of the OC, and the Judgment Day picks up the win. Rhea Ripley, with hair supplements, interfered, and that's what happened. So at some point, I'm guessing on Raw, we're going to see who the OC's equalizer is for Rhea Ripley, and maybe we even get a four-on-four mixed Survivor Series matchup with whoever it is. And personally, I'm hoping, uh, you know, this is going to sound really weird, especially coming from me. But I wouldn't mind it being Charlotte with a new look, with a new attitude, mostly due to the fact that she needs something new. She needs something fresh. You know, Alexa said that, you know, she, who is she without a championship? And that resonates because who is Charlotte without a championship? It's She's always in the championship picture. She's always presented as like this pristine, you know, queen or whatever the fuck. Let her get down and dirty. Let her and Rhea go at it. I'm here for it. But yeah, so uh, Judgment Day walks away with a victory as they should. Steel cage match. Drew McIntyre with Angela, which basically means, yes, he came to the ring with an illegal weapon of destruction against Karrion Cross. So because they're in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, the women have to wear bodysuits. They have to wear the long sleeves and the long pants just to be respectful of the practices that they have in Saudi Arabia. Um, and in the past, there's been like attention drawn to this by way of really clunky T-shirts. Now, thankfully, that is not the case this year. It was just bodysuits and and it it looked great you could barely notice the difference i mean maybe for control all delete because as someone pointed out they kind of looked like nascar drivers but i liked it i liked what they had i liked what they were rocking this is one of those instances where it made like no difference at all you know no difference at all scarlet did an amazing job in her role cage is you know it's used sparingly enough in the wwe that i don't mind seeing it and it's not like it's forced so they are getting rid of the pay-per-view hell in a cell as they should and they're just going to use it for the blow off for some feuds as it was used originally. You know, it was, that's what it was used for originally. You get a feud hot enough, they go in hell in a cell. And I think that's great. I think that's a good idea. So the, the steel cage is used sparingly and it should be. Um, that being said, this one made use or it utilized the rarely relied upon escape clause. Because a lot of time in cage matches, you know, they, they end up pinning or submitting or whatever. This time they actually did the escape thing and they played around with the fact that there's a door and you can climb over it. So Drew McIntyre is practically out of the door. He's outside of the ring, but not outside of the cage. Scarlet sprays him. He falls back into the ring. He goes into the ring to wipe his eyes. She also sprays the referee for some reason. I don't know what the fuck that was about. That's personal. Maybe it's a rib. That's <laughs> basically. <laughs> I knocked my microphone over. And then Drew Drew McIntyre is, you know, he ends up climbing out of the cage with Mace in his eyes. And Scarlet opens the door for Karrion Cross to crawl out of the cage. Yet somehow Karrion Cross can't get out of the cage before Drew McIntyre, who's six foot seven, two sixty-five damn near, I'm pretty sure, is able to climb over and out of the cage. So Drew McIntyre wins. Okay, are you happy now? You got your win back. Now you don't have to run people over with cars and slam their arms in doors and walk around with illegal weapons, even though you're gonna do all of these things. Because you can take the man away from crime, but you can't take crime away from the man. I don't even know if that made any sense. But Drew McIntyre did defeat Karrion Cross. I will be really glad when this feud is over. Hopefully it is over. I do not need to see Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre again for some time. I know it hasn't, it's not like we've seen it a lot, 
but it's kind of like we've seen it a whole lot. So I'm good. Omas versus Braun Strowman. First off, Omas looked great. I loved the gear that Omas had. MVP was not able to make the trip. He said it was because of, you know, he has a, a he has a, a past, a criminal past. And, you know, there are extra permits that are required to, you know, go to some places internationally. Uh, the IWC and some other folks were reporting that it's because he was once a follower of Islam and now he is an atheist. So I don't know about all of that. I don't get involved with people's, you know, what they got going on like that. MVP wasn't there. And it was just Omas. And as far as I'm concerned, Omas did great. Omas's presentation was excellent. He talked his shit throughout the match. Braun Strowman did a great job working with him. Um, I understand that Braun got into some trouble afterwards on the Twitter. <laughs> Stop tweeting, buddy. <laughs> Shut it down. Don't tweet before you get on the plane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take the, take the plane ride first. It's a good 10, what, 10, 11, 12 hours? Use those 10, 11, 12 hours to cool down, calm down. Do not tweet first. You will get off to a shitstorm. And that's what happened to Braun Strowman. But he did end up picking up the win against Omos. And again, this uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's wrong for me to say this was a much better match than I thought that it would be. These two worked very well together. And Omos talked his shit the entire time. I loved it. Loved it. For the tag team championships, the Usos took on Rich Holland and Butch in a great match. This is what I'm going to say about it. You got to go back and look at the match. The match was great. It was excellent. And you get the sense that it's not over between these two teams. I'm guessing that maybe at Survivor Series, maybe in War Games, we get to see some combination of the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes, which could lead to Sheamus challenging Roman at Royal Rumble. Let me tell you, if this is the path that we're going down, I am here for it all day and tomorrow. Question is, who would you put with the Brawling Brutes? Because they don't have five people. And from what I understand, they are going with a 10-person War Games match. Maybe you tag them with uh, Drew and Kevin or the New Day, who would do great in a match like that. But then you've got like the bloodline against, you know, essentially five people who have not been built up to the main event. Uh, when you talk about the Brawling Brutes and the New Day, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I will be very interested in what happens over these next two weeks, uh, next three weeks leading into Survivor Series. So with that being said, the Usos did retain their tag team championships against Ridge Holland and Butch. And right now, I think that's a great time to just take a quick break and then we will be right back. Raw Impact Radio. I am my Sir Black. I am Sir Blackson. I'm just going to stop saying the my Sir thing. I feel like people get it. I feel like people get it now. It's Sir Blackston in the building. Anyway, next match. I, I'm not going in any order. I don't even know if this is the order that they went in during the uh, during the show. I'm just going. Just I'm just going through. <laughs> next up, the women's championship match. A last woman standing match between Bianca Belair and Bailey. Bailey, who has picked up pinfall victories over Bianca Belair over the past few weeks. Bailey lost again. And here's the deal. This match was highly entertaining. Highly entertaining. Uh, I saw at least one reviewer say, you know, it was terrible. It was all over the place. Things were wrong between these two. I liked the match, personally. 
I, you know, I found it funny, the whole golf cart thing. So Bianca Belair is on the stage. She's down. And Bailey goes and gets this golf cart from like, I don't know. It feels like it might have been in the parking lot as far as, as long as it took. So she's in this damn golf cart, right? She's driving the golf cart. I promise you. Alexa, I keep calling her Alexa Bliss. Bianca Belair had all the time in the world to, she could have built an exit ramp in the time that it took for Bailey to drive this damn golf cart to her. Bailey's going two miles an hour. Bianca fights her out of it. She gets on top of the thing. Bailey gets on top of the thing. So now Bailey's on top of the, the golf cart while Bianca like slowly drives it down the damn ramp. Oh man, it was it was actually quite hilarious. I loved it. I, I'm a big, first off, I like last person standing matches anyway. Because you never know what you're going to get. So you had this here. That was fucking hilarious. Um, also, it's pretty cool when you think about the fact that women just got the right to drive in that part of the world. And here you have two women fighting each other, driving, hitting each other with golf carts. So I, th- I thought it was pretty dope. Um, the ending came when Bianca sandwiched Bailey inside of a ladder and then wedged that ladder underneath the bottom rope. And Bailey was unable to escape. It was great. No, it was wonderful. Wonderful shit. Very smart ending. Bianca ends up remaining the champion, retains the championship. And here's the deal. Bailey and Control-Alt-Delete, I've seen them lose too much. I've seen them lose entirely too much. I've seen all three of them get beat down by Bianca Belair in person at Extreme Rules. Okay? I I don't, again, I don't see them as this threat that they should be that they were the moment that I saw them, you know, debut at SummerSlam. I thought, oh my God, this is a game changer. It is not a game changer. It is just a game. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm just being played by these, by this group at this point. It's not their fault. The performers are doing the best that they can. I'm just confused as to why they're being written the way that they are. So, you know, maybe somewhere down the line we get a, you know, a, a split between these two. I wouldn't mind seeing EO and Dakota just as a tag team. You know, they're, they're just a tag team now. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, EO versus Asuka at some point down the line. It, but I don't I don't think it's working. I don't think the Control-Alt-Delete is working, especially after the number of times that the women's tag team championships have flip-flopped. The women's championship has, not, like, Bailey still hasn't beaten Bianca. And we're talking about now something that's been going on over the course of, what, two, three years, the last time we saw Bailey, So Bailey has just seemed like she's been obsessed with Bianca and unable to do anything about it when it counts. I don't, I don't see the point. I don't see the point. But, you know, it's not for me. <laughs> it's not for me to write. It's not for me to see. It's up to, you know, Levesque and see what, see what he comes up with. So, finally, the main event. For the WWE Universal Undecided, Undefeated, Undivisible, Indivisible, Undivided Attention Championship, you've got Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. So here's the deal. Logan Paul is a star. He's a star. And and there's there's, there's not a lot of those around right now uh, in terms of presentation, in terms of reach, in terms of output. He's a star. I'm, I, I got to say that. I have to say that. Logan Paul is a star. Um, and Roman Reigns is a megastar, okay? What's bigger than a star? Uh, He's like a superstar, a megastar, a, what are those things called? A Nova, a supernova, okay? Roman Reigns is, he's just beyond, okay? Let's just say that. He's just beyond. Uh, So, beyond. Roman Reigns, his command in that ring is just 
top tier, toppest of tiers. This was an incredible match. Logan Paul busted everything out. He also, unfortunately, busted his ACL and MCL, I believe. Um, and he, he got really banged up. A few other injuries there. Um, but if you're watching this match, you could not tell that at all. Because Logan Paul showed no signs of slowing down upon injury. No signs of being, you know, uh, in pain at all. He did a great job. And trust me, this is coming from a guy who was like, you know, when it was first announced, just stuck and lost. Just like, why the fuck is Logan Paul getting this opportunity? He did a great job. And Roman Reigns did a, didn't even, you know, he did a great job as well of making this guy feel like a threat, making this guy feel like he could be, oh shit, he might end up being a champion by the end of the night. What's his name? Uh, Jake from State Farm came out there and, you know, he, he did his thing and the Usos came out and they, they beat up the rest of Impulsive, the, the guys from his show. So it, you got all of the players in, in the building and Solo had, Solo just, I don't know what they're building Solo for, but he is going to be amazing. Okay, he's going to be great. He's already great. He's going to be amazing. Okay. I love the attention to Solo. I love the attention that Solo is getting. I loved it. It was great pay-per-view. Um, I'm wrapping the pay-per-view up. I didn't even get to the end of the match. Uh, the ending came when uh, Jake, well, Jake Paul, Logan Paul jumps over the top. I guess he, he does a dive onto the Usos, which is stupid because he was in the ring. He was in the ring with Roman. You got to focus on Roman if you want to be the champion. So he does this dive onto the Usos. And then as soon as he gets back in, Roman hits him with the Superman punch or the spear or something. And it's over. One, two, three, as it should be. Roman stayed focused. Okay. Jake, you know, Logan Paul, he got distracted. Oh, what's going on outside? Oh, I got to go and I got to help my brother. You didn't have to. Okay. You didn't have to. You don't like him that much. You guys could have just done your thing. And now look at you. Going home, championship beltless. No, but that that was it was a really great match. Uh, Logan Paul is extremely entertaining, and I gotta say, he he, you know, we've seen uh, Tyler Breeze, we've seen Austin Theory, we've seen a bunch of people do this damn selfie spot. But I'll tell you what, it matters a whole lot more when a guy with the following that Logan Paul does, and this is no not taking anything away from the other guys that do it, but someone who has the following that Logan Paul does doing something like that. So he does the selfie on his way to splashing Roman through the announce table. Bro, next level. Next level in terms of exposure there. All right. And by the way, that splash was clean. That buckshot lariat, though, crystal clean. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Is it crystal clear? Whatever. Crystal Pepsi. Okay. That bitch was crystal Pepsi. That shit was great. So again, much kudos to Logan Paul. He did not do the match by himself. A, a tremendous amount of kudos to Roman Reigns for putting this man over. Okay? People were saying that it's the same as, you know, when, when actors just jump over into wrestling or whatever and they don't give it the respect it deserves. This man put in time and it's it showed off. Okay? The proof is in that match. Not the pudding. Fuck the pudding. I'm lactose intolerant. The proof is in the match. And the match that Logan put on was, you know, top tier. So... That's it for that, but, oh, man, this aftermath. So, as we mentioned, Logan Paul is now presumably injured. Looking at a possible ACL, MCL, uh, and a few other things, and those sorts of injuries are the type of injuries that put people on the shelf for several months. Um, so, it could be some time before we see Logan Paul again. 
Um, he's definitely going to miss the Royal Rumble if this is, you know, if this is the case. And he might even miss WrestleMania. So it's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate because, you know, we won't get to see him. And he's, he's definitely a, uh, an amazing athlete, an amazing performer. But most importantly, uh, speedy recovery to him. Um, you know, hoping for the best for him, you know, as he as he works through his injury. And look at that, like right at right as we're about to hit the half hour mark, we're not quite there. But I mean, I want to keep this these podcasts pretty short and, and, you know, digestible. With that being said, please, by all means, let people know about the podcast. If you like it, follow the podcast or subscribe to the podcast, however you do it. Give it five stars. Give it four stars. How many stars you think that we deserve? Follow on TikTok. All right. We do this stuff live. You don't even, you know. If you're not following on TikTok, I don't even know how you got this link. I don't know how you found me. But yeah, TikTok is the way. Uh, Raw Impact Radio on TikTok. And just follow. And if you don't like spoilers, you got to block me the day of the event, okay? If you're not going to be around. But otherwise, follow along with me. We have a great time. We have all kinds of conversations. Uh, leave me a message in the message deal. And if you feel so compelled to buy some merch, click the link in my bio. We are out. Peace. Peace.